G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. Every Sabbath evening, men, the Jewish heads of the home, will either recite or sing Proverbs 31 over their wives because they recognise that without their women, they wouldn't be able to keep their families, their homes and their lives together. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. Welcome to Foundations, where today we're going to look at what the Bible says about women. Now, I should have actually had a little sound effect, Mandy, that it was the cracking open of a can of worms. Worms and Here hearing all, all wriggling Doesn't out. Doesn't have to be necessarily a can of worms, but it is interesting that uh, there can sometimes be a bit of controversy around the role of women in the Bible. But in particular, we're going to look mostly at the Old Covenant to see what God required of his people when it came to the rights and roles of women. But we're going to look at two specific women yeah. uh, who were not Jews but who actually became Jews in the story. So yeah. uh, some, uh, I mean, there are lots of wonderful examples of women in the Bible, but uh, these two in particular are uh, probably uh, some of the standouts. Yeah. Um, if you take a look at the role of women throughout history and in the context of all different religions, pagan religions and different societies and cultures, you tend to find that women really were on the lower rungs socially. Even women from higher societies or the nobility or even royalty, they really didn't have a great deal of rights and protections, maybe a little bit more if you were from a wealthy family or, or nobility, but, but n- not much at all. So then, uh, then the, the general consensus or thought is that the Bible didn't treat women very well either. So again, yeah, you're right. We're going to have a look at two women in particular uh, from the Old Covenant, uh, Ruth and Rahab. Ruth was one of the accursed Moabites. She was a Moabitess. And Rahab, of course, was from Jericho and she was a harlot. Mm. And so, I mean, you couldn't get, at least from um, God's standard, you couldn't get two women more antithetical to what God would have deemed acceptable. So, again, throughout history, um, I mean, when you're talking upper crust, you know, I said upper crust societies, you know, women were often used as a, a trading Yep, they were commodity. property rather than anything, yeah. Yeah, or um, um, uh, they were married off to another family of nobility or even royalty for, you know, trading purposes or alliances. Mm. Uh, and so that, that's what women were. <laughs> they were just a commodity. So, so really, what does the Bible have to say? All right. Um, women particularly in the ancient Near East, okay, tribal peoples, they had their own set of gods. And when a woman married, she would no longer worship the gods of her own family, but she would worship the gods of her husband and her husband's family or tribe. If she happened to be a widow, then she would either remarry and then worship the gods of the new husband or she returned to her family, to her father, and worship the gods of her family. That was the acceptable thing. It didn't matter what she thought or believed or how she felt. That was what was expected Mm. of her. 
So in the case of Ruth, you have Naomi and her husband and her two sons. They moved to Moab because um, there was famine in Israel. The two boys marry Moabite women. Both the, the, the sons and the husband, they all die, leaving all these three women as um, widows. Mm. Um, uh, Orpah returns to her family, which means she no longer would be required to worship the God of the Hebrews, but to the, the worship the God of her, her family and perhaps another husband. But Ruth, she didn't want to go back. Mm. And that's why a lot of people think, why wouldn't she go back? Well, the truth is, is that as far as the Moabite God was concerned, he was um, the God Chemosh, or Chemosh, however you pronounce it. And he required child sacrifice. He was brutal. He was cruel. He had There was a high cost attached to worshipping him. He was brutal. Mm. Why would you want to go back to that? That's right. Yeah, there's uh, not much incentive, is there, to uh, to want to go back. And, I mean, uh, obviously the influence that Naomi and the, her boys had had um, on Ruth's life, she was uh, you know, quite uh, happy to continue to uh, stay with Ruth, even though uh, Naomi put uh, quite a bit of pressure on her to go back and stay with her family. She said no, you know, she wouldn't. And that, you know, that, there's that great yeah. uh, line there in the book where she says, you know, your God will be my God, your people will be my people. So she was quite uh, committed to it. So you can understand that, but I guess uh, Rahab there's, is the other side of it where, uh, yes. you know, maybe, um, you know, there isn't that same understanding of the God of the Hebrews, and yet she was uh, quite keen to uh, to embrace uh, their religion their, and their uh, customs. Well, well, you think about it for both Ruth and Rahab. They, Ruth in particular, she saw firsthand what it was like to worship the God of the Jewish people. I mean, another thing that was very unique for the Jewish people was the Sabbath. Mm. I mean, she got to have a day off. In fact, it was commanded she have a day off. That doesn't happen in other cultures. It certainly didn't happen in other cultures and pagan religious. The women didn't get a day off. They mm. served and they served and they served and they served till they dropped. And if they dropped, then they got a new one. So as far as these these two women, absolutely, Ruth saw it firsthand. And you're right. She said, your God will be my God, your people, my people. She became a true believer in mm. the God of the Jews because he was a good God. didn't matter if they were in absolute beggary. She fell in love with yeah. the God of the Jewish people because he was so good, because he cared for women. Women were not demeaned like in yeah. uh, other religions. And you're right, Rahab, she was she was really the lowest of the low. She was a prostitute. Nobody would have cared what happened to her. And yet when you read the account of Rahab, you find that the reason that she, she said, we have heard, in this is uh, Joshua 2, uh, 10 to 11, she says, we've heard how the Lord dried up the water in the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt, you know, and everybody was scared of you. And so she says, I'm putting my faith and trust in him mm. if you will protect me. And they did. And the interesting thing is that unlike other pagan religious belief systems, in the Old Covenant, God's law required morality um, and um, faithfulness, fidelity to one's spouse for both men and women. Mm. It wasn't just women who would get stoned to death if they were caught in adultery, men and women. The scriptures actually said, the commandments said to honour your father and your mm, mother, yeah. which means women, as far as being equal, as far as being loved, God commanded that um, women be treated with respect. He got so 
angry with his people when they forgot him and they started mistreating orphans and widows. He was so angry about that. And again, um, being um, a woman in in, uh, ancient Israel, I mean, it had its challenges, but then being a guy in ancient Israel had its challenges too. (laughs) But they were, as far as what God required of his people, they were equal in that. And um, that has got to be appealing um, and was appealing, obviously, especially to Ruth and, and uh, Rahab. Both, and then they weren't even Jews. As you said, they were pagans. Mm. And they decided they wanted to embrace this God of the Jews because he was faithful, he was trustworthy, he protected his people, and he looked after all in yeah. his society, not just a select few and mm. certainly not determined by your gender. Yeah. And, and, and I will point out, too, that women were venerated. There was um, Deborah was one of the judges. And, and even though in most societies, most women were basically homemakers and they raised children, they looked after their homes and they had husbands. That was their social standing. Um, but they weren't really in politics or trade or, you know, commerce or anything like mm. that. But then read Proverbs 31. Yeah. Where this man wants to honor and revere and respect and elevate his woman. For how amazing she is, she keeps the home. And I will say this too, on every Shabbat evening, every Sabbath evening, men, the Jewish heads of the home, will either recite or sing Proverbs 31 over their wives Mm. because they recognize that without their women, they wouldn't be able to keep their families and their homes and their lives together. Wow. It's still to this day. That's they do fantastic. That. Yeah, it's wonderful. That's great. Well, we're going to explore this uh, topic some more in the next program, the role of women in the Bible and understanding how the Bible does elevate and uh, really bring honour to women. I, I guess give value to women for who they are, not just what they can do or you know, what they bring. But uh, we're going to focus more on that and what the New Covenant has to say about it next time on Foundations. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.